from South Carolina Public Radio, this is the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on February 10th, 2023 from James Island, South Carolina. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This episode features a recap on the abortion bill that the Senate passed this week, the critical race theory bill that passed the House, and we take a look at the constitutional carry bill also moving in the House. And we hear from Chris Singleton on the power of forgiveness during his Black History Month book tour. The lead loves hearing from everyone. That's why we have a voicemail box set up at 803-563-7169. Give us a call. If you're not pledging to become an ETV Endowment member, well, you got to call this number then, okay, folks? You got to pick one or the other. We prefer you become a member, but we'll also take your phone calls. Leave us your name, where you're calling from, and what's going on in your world. Maybe you're a sustaining star. Maybe you're new to the ETV Endowment. Maybe you just moved to town or South Carolina. We'd love to hear your stories. That's why we have this voicemail box set up, 803-563-7169. On Tuesday, the Senate began debate on its six-week abortion bill with exceptions. The bill is S-474. That afternoon on Tuesday, the House Judiciary Committee also passed out its near-total abortion ban bill, H-3774, to the full House, which will be debated next week. But after hours of debate over the week, the Senate passed its bill at the chamber on Thursday. Now, this bill is not much more different than the six-week law that was currently on the books until the state Supreme Court ruled it unconstitutional in January. Senate Majority Leader Shane Massey said when introducing the bill that it removes portions of the previous law that allowed for temporary injunctions blocking its implementation. Charleston Republican Senator Sandy Sin led a filibuster toward the end of the week and became the only Republican to vote against the measure, saying that at six weeks, most women don't even know that they're pregnant, which is why she wanted the gestation time frame increased to 12 weeks, like what the bill accommodates for when it comes to rape and incest victims. There's also an exception for fatal fetal anomalies. Senator Sin took this question from Lexington Republican Senator Katrina Sheely. Take a listen. Did you know I'm tired of being insulted and saying I'm not pro-life? I'm tired of that too, Senator. I can imagine that, yes, you are. Because nobody in here wants a woman to have an abortion. We just got to give them a chance. And and really, what are y'all talking about that we don't have a right to privacy? Do y'all have a right to privacy? If men should have a right to privacy, women should have a right to privacy. And that's one of the things that Justice Kittredge said. He wants to hear more about the health aspect because he does believe that health care should be private to an extent. We didn't give him anything to weigh those interests with. Did you know, I don't, I don't like to have another a fellow senator stand up here and tell me or, or tell this body, call out other senders' names and say, this is a pro-life sender, and this is a pro-life sender, and this is a pro-life sender. There's not a woman in here that's pro-life sender, because I never hear my name called out. And I probably work harder for children and pro-life issues for born children than anybody else in here. You do. I raised $50,000 last night to to help children. And you're going to get more. And I'm going to get more, because she just told me I would. (laughs) And so I'll be waiting for your check. (laughs) You'll um, get it. Anderson Republican Senator Richard Cash said he is concerned that there may be another stalemate as there was during the special session last fall since House Republicans are insistent on banning abortion at conception compared to six weeks like the Senate bill. And so we have two chambers moving forward with two different bills. 
And my concern is we'll end up where we ended up in the fall if we're not careful, which is neither bill. One possibility is that the Senate will pass the heartbeat bill, the House will pass the Human Life Protection Act, and then both chambers will stand back and say, well, we want the last bite on the apple, so you're going to have to take up our bill, and that's going to have to be the bill that we work with. And so you just enter into a standoff because both chamber wants its bill to be the bill that gets, that gets put into the hopper where that chamber gets the last say. Cash is also concerned that the House will amend the Senate bill to their near total abortion ban and send it back to the Senate. Now, it's worth noting that right now abortion is legal in South Carolina up to 20 weeks. While the bill did pass the Senate 28 to 12, Senator Sin said she's concerned about, quote, hate-filled bills, quote, lawmakers are soon expected to legislate, especially as senators gear up for re-election in 2024. I will tell you that I'm concerned that our next bill is going to be what certain senators call targeting alphabet soup, which is going to be targeting LBGTQ+. Plus. Okay, I am not a hateful person, and I'm very worried that our party is now just splintered. I think that our party is so splintered that you have a group that is very concerned about the state government, the laws of our state, and, and good, sound, like we said, fiscal responsibility. And then you have another faction that they want to get in people's lives. And I've told you all this before. You cannot govern or legislate the people's personal household. And, and for them to call it alphabet soup, that tells me that we are going to be having more bills, I know we are, that are going to be what I would consider hate-filled and on which I would just prefer that we stay away. A lot on the horizon there. Over in the House, there was contentious debate around the critical race theory bill, H3782, which would prohibit the teaching of several topics and components of critical race theory that, again, has never been taught in any K-12 school in the state and has been outlawed by temporary budget provisos for the past two years. The bill prohibits schools and school districts from teaching concepts that show, quote, any individual by virtue of his race or sex is inherently racist, sexist, or oppressive, whether consciously or unconsciously, as well as an individual feeling guilt, anguish, or any other form of psychological distress on account of his race or sex. Also included in the bill, a student, administrator, teacher, or staff member shall not be required to attend any instruction, training, or presentation that has the goal or purpose of studying, exploring, or informing attendees about gender roles or stereotypes, gender identity, gender expression, sexual orientation, or romantic or sexual relationships unless it's prescribed as part of a corrective action plan. So that's a lot of what's in this bill. It was also amended by Republicans to require that teachers have their curriculum posted online seven days before class starts. And if it's new curriculum that comes up in the interim, then it must be posted three days in advance before it's taught. This measure was added by Greenwood Republican Representative John McCravey, who gave this example of an assignment that he called indoctrination. Five days ago, Jill Buchanan's daughter, who attends Blue Ridge Middle School, brought home an assignment from her English class. The mandatory assignment made her answer questions about this fact situation, and this is in the curriculum. So a shy seventh grade girl gets a crush on a very popular female classmate, and I'm gonna skip on down. I got this posted up there so you can see the whole thing. 
Sometimes sexual feelings are aroused in an identity crush, even acted on to express liking, but that does not usually signify a homosexual orientation has become established, only that the identity crush can have a sexual component. Now, you know, the questions about this in the assignment were how does love emerge? Uh, use evidence from your own experience in this text to answer the questions. And, you know, these are questions about, you know, a lesbian relationship. And regardless of how we feel about this issue, this is not reading, writing, and arithmetic. This is what we call indoctrination. Had Jill Buchanan been able to have access to this material before the start of classes, she would have been able to object in time before her daughter was exposed to this kind of stuff. Debate was restricted early in the process when, thanks to the supermajority of Republicans in the chamber, cloture was invoked, which limited the number of amendments to those that had already been filed, which was around 45. It also limited the amount of time that could be spent debating the amendments and the bill itself. Later in the debate, the bill's author, Fort Mill Republican Representative Ray Felder, said the bill creates clarity for teachers on how to teach. It also provides a process to remedy situations that may arise and gives greater control for parents. But she was not happy with the amended version. However, she supported it. The original bill required by the school year 24-25 and each year thereafter for the local districts to predominantly shall post regarding curriculum and instructional materials on the school district website. The information must indicate the materials used by the school in the grade or in the course and the subject matter. The curriculum coordinator could do that task without burdening the teacher. To take current events that are represented factually and without bias away from a teacher's toolbox is unnecessary, and it starts us down a communist path. After the grandstanding and posturing at the well today, the amendments have undermined the intent of the legislation without any public input and without any committee discussion. Our teachers deserve better. Hopkins Democratic Representative Jermaine Johnson said he knew this bill would pass, which is similar to the one that passed last year, but he asked Republican leadership to pass it after Black History Month. Johnson spoke to the worries of so-called indoctrination and the importance of factual history. And I keep hearing this word about indoctrination indoctrination, indoctrination. Oh man, we don't want these kids to be indoctrinated. Well, was it indoctrination when your education system lied to, my, to me and my kids and my ancestors for the last hundred years? When you told me that Columbus was a great man? When you told me that Columbus discovered America? When really he raped and killed and murdered? Was that indoctrination? Was that indoctrination when you told me that George Washington is such a fantastic individual when he owned slaves? Was that indoctrination? Was it indoctrination when you lied to my children and said that his teeth, his dentures were made of wood, when really his dentures were made of the slave's teeth that he pulled? Was that indoctrination? Let's talk about indoctrination. Is that gonna be a complaint now? Can I complain that you keep lying to my children across this state? All of you all in here have been lied to in your education. But now when facts start coming out, when truth start coming out, oh, I'm a, I can't have that. I'm uncomfortable now. 
I don't want my children to learn the truth now. But it was indoctrination when we're talking about truth, but it wasn't indoctrination when you kept lying. And I believe that we all should honor our ancestors. It doesn't mean we have to think like them or be like them or believe what they believed. This is a new day. This is a new time. Like it or love it, but your children are more accepting than you are. Like it or love it. Before the vote, Democratic Representative John King requested the bill be read in full by the House reading clerk, Bubba Cromer. This is a rare procedural move that also requires the person who made that request be present during the entire reading of the bill, which was 14 pages long. Now, two and a half minutes into the reading, Representative Annie McDaniel invoked another rare procedural rule to get a quorum since Republicans had left the chamber during the reading. Folks returned, a quorum was present, and then Bubba read for 15 minutes. We're going to play the entire reading right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but the bill passed along party lines 79 to 30. House Speaker Merle Smith praised members for their behavior, saying this during the voting after a very long Wednesday. I know this is a contentious issue, and we had this debate last year, and I want to compliment each and every one of you for your decorum today, for the way you treated one another, and really, when members had the podium, how quiet it was. Members, every member in this body exhibited integrity, honesty, and mutual respect for everybody, and that's how this body should operate. And I really appreciate how y'all conducted this debate. I hope that's the way we continue to conduct these debates. We may disagree on issues. There may be difficult issues, but we still should get along with one another and treat everyone with respect, and that's what y'all did. So thank you, members, for what y'all have done. Staying with the House, the Judiciary Committee passed out its near-total abortion ban bill on a party-line vote on Tuesday. The bill is on the calendar and is set to be taken up next week. The bill is similar to the one the House passed last year, which the Senate rejected. The bill, H. 3774, would ban all abortions at conception, with limited exceptions. A House Judiciary Subcommittee also passed out the new constitutional carry bill during a very quick hearing. The bill, H. 3594, builds upon the Open Carry with Training Act, which was passed in the previous session. The bill allows for South Carolinians who can legally purchase a gun to carry openly or concealed without a concealed weapons permit. Gun owners will still be able to get a CWP and the training that comes with it, as well as the reciprocity with other states. If this bill is passed into law, it would make South Carolina the 25th state to have such a law. Now that bill goes before the full House Judiciary Committee next week and is then expected to be debated on the House floor the following week. Lawmakers also elected several new judges and confirmed several college and university board members. But the biggest election on Wednesday, during that joint assembly of lawmakers, was the election of the newest state Supreme Court Justice Gary Hill, who will be replacing retiring Justice Kay Hearn, who was the only woman on the five-member court. And in Washington, Reuters reports that on Thursday, the U.S. Senate confirmed DeAndrea Benjamin, a South Carolina state court judge, to a seat on the 4th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals in its first vote of 2023 on one of President Joe Biden's judicial nominees. Benjamin was confirmed by the Senate on a 53-44 vote, with Senators Lindsey Graham and Tim Scott supporting her, along with Democrats. She is the second black woman to ever serve on the Richmond, Virginia-based court. Benjamin is the wife of former Columbia Mayor Steve Benjamin. And on This Week in South Carolina, I spoke with former professional baseball player and motivational speaker Chris Singleton, who was in the middle of a Black History Month reading tour and spreading his message of tolerance, forgiveness, and love, 
something he's been doing since his mother Sharonda was killed along with eight other black parishioners at Mother Emanuel Amy Church in Charleston on June 15, 2017. Here's part of our discussion. During Black History Month, um, I think it's important that, you know, everybody celebrates. And so the mission that I have of unity is, is pretty it's pretty universal. So it's been really cool, man. Toys for Tots has partnered up with me and uh, we've had a great impact so far, but we're not done yet. So we talk about this message of forgiveness and tolerance. Uh, what, what are you specifically saying to kids out there? What are you trying to break through and, and kind of get them to understand? Yeah, I think with the with the younger kids, man, it's okay to say sorry. It's okay to you know mess up, and it's okay to ask for forgiveness or you know give forgiveness. Um, and I think at a young age, sometimes we think if we do something wrong, it's the end of the world, and that, that shouldn't always be the case. So just teaching that as I'm on the road has been something I've tried to highlight. And when it comes to maybe spreading that message to like adults as well, talk to us about maybe breaking through to folks and getting that message to them as well. Yeah, that message is something that uh, I, I used to have trouble sharing because I'm so young, but now I understand. It's that everybody has a story um, and we don't know what their story is, so we can't judge people without knowing the full uh, background of every individual that we come into contact with. Yeah, everyone does have a story and sometimes we don't realize that and we maybe pop off on people or say things we shouldn't say and then you realize that they have some uh, background there as well. And when we talk about backgrounds, we talk about uh, the tragedy that happened at Mother Emanuel Amy Church back in 2015 where your mother was killed. She was one of the nine that died there that day. Uh, tell us about your specific journey to forgiveness and how you've experienced it. Yeah, for me personally, I know it was something out of this world that placed forgiveness on my heart. And uh, really in our community, I feel like it was placed uh, placed on us. It wasn't something that I tried to, uh, you know, had the 10 steps to, to doing it or whatever it may be. But now I've, I've realized the power of forgiveness and I try to make that practical for others after receiving that blessing myself. How did you get to that point, Chris? I mean, it seems like, uh, you know, everyone was just so shocked by the, the atrocities that happened that day. And then to kind of get to this point, to be so mature and to just forgive, uh, I think a lot of people still can't really comprehend that. Yeah, I think it's important that we, we, we forgive, but it's impossible to forget. Um, and, and for me personally, I think that I, I figured out what's on the other side of forgiveness, right? On the other side of forgiveness, I don't have to hate all people that don't look like me. On the other side of forgiveness, I can be a great father, great husband, and not continue to struggle with the PTSD that I had. Um, so there's there's tangible things on the other side of forgiveness. And then saying, you know, I forgive my mother's killer for doing what he did and to my church family. Um, saying that orally, it also puts makes it real for me as well. So there's different steps that I took, uh, but knowing what's on the other side, what's the reward, was definitely the most important thing. What's your advice to folks that are struggling with maybe doing what you've done or who are in the middle of grief right now or experiencing tragedy? Yeah, I think we've got to have a way to honor the people that we lost. Um, if you're grieving, whether it's you know a person that you they lost to a certain type of cancer, maybe go run a 5K in their honor. Um, or maybe you cook that recipe that you know they, they couldn't always get right, but you're going to get it right for them. So there's different ways that we can honor our loved ones um, that, have, that have been lost. Uh, but also, if you're struggling with forgiveness, you have to sit down and tell yourself, okay, if I do forgive, will it actually help me? Because in our minds, we think that we're setting somebody else free. But there's a quote that says, forgiveness is setting a prisoner free only to later realize that you yourself are the prisoners. So we have to figure out what it will set us free from. And that'll give us the motivation to even want to start that journey. Can you apply that to other things maybe in the past too that people maybe deal with? I mean, we talk about Black History Month. We know it's a very difficult time in the history when it comes to African-Americans in our country. Obviously not so easy to just writ large forgive for some of those past sins. But how do you see black history? How do you deal with that? And maybe what's your advice to folks 
who are trying to understand that journey? Yeah, I think we live in the greatest country in the world, if you ask me. But, you know, we have some 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 rough history. And so uh, forgiveness isn't saying that everything that happened is all peachy keen. But forgiveness is saying, hey, I want to move forward. And I look at this month as a way to celebrate all the amazing black heroes um, that have come before me. I knew I wouldn't have the the, the job, the career, the, the life that I have without people like uh, Malcolm X, Dr. King, Rosa Parks, and so many others. I even think about guys like LeBron James, who, who's the all-time leading scorer in NBA history now. And so I think we keep setting the bar higher and uh, they're passing the baton for people like me. And then I hopefully one day I can pass it along to my son. You can find that entire interview and more on youtube.com slash South Carolina ETV. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news, and we're glad you're here. This is our chance to talk, talk about things that are not news related, give everyone a break from the constant news cycle to discuss hot takes, popular and unpopular opinions, and really just to workshop our local FM radio drive time banter. And to do that, I have lead producer with me, A.T. Shire. A.T. Shire, folks. Oh, thank you, Preach. Go off, he King. Thank here. you so much. Yes. And uh, if we look at the 505 right now, it's actually pretty backed <laughs> up to the Brea. I don't know if uh, you guys could tell because this is a podcast, but Gavin and I, we we turned both our chairs around. And so we're ready to wrap. Okay, guys? So yeah. we're, oomps, we're keeping this ah, real. Oomps, ah. No, not hey. really rap. I mean, just like... Talk oh. openly <laughs> as Sorry. equals. Okay, I was about to uh, do some workshopping there. That could <laughs> Gavin, be he's got bars. Okay, you got to see this guy. He won't stop rapping. It's dangerous. <sighs> I know. I'm not gonna do it now, but you guys, there's gonna be a new. I'm just gonna say there's gonna be a new podcast coming out. That's gonna be just yeah. me rapping. <laughs> a little preview. Anyway, Gavin, we got a great call. We got ah. a great call. We got a few great calls, but this one we have to play before this weekend. If you know oh, what I mean. Go Time burn. sensitive. Anyway. Open now. This this is a caller. First time, long time, I think. I love who, it. Uh, something you said really resonates with them. So are you ready? S- is, it, is it snack food based? <laughs> it is not. It is not. Oh, shockingly. Okay. Okay. So are you ready? Yeah. Let me get my combos and let's Here we go. go. Hey, Gavin and AC. This is David calling from Columbia. Uh, I was calling first to say how much I relate to Gavin's fake fandom of the Philadelphia Eagles. We have a woman at my work who during the pandemic started wearing a Steelers mask. And so I, to be a good coworker, would occasionally say, go Steelers or ask how the game went or some other sportsy question like that. And she would tell me, and this has progressed over the last three years uh, to the point where she comes to my office every single Monday morning and wants to talk in detail about how the Steelers played and what happened and what players they're trading to other teams and all sorts of things. But here's the thing. I don't like football. I really don't like the NFL. I'm not interested at all. And so every Monday I get to the office and I have to Google what happened with the Steelers over the weekend so that I can have a conversation and pretend that I know something about sports. Uh, so very much relate to picking up a fandom just to uh, have a friend. Secondly, want to say that I very much agree with AT's contrarian uh, nature on Valentine's Day and the idea of being told, hey, you have to do this. It, that is not how you motivate me. 
And so my protest has been for the past six years on Valentine's, I go to Waffle House. I have gone by myself. I have gone on dates, all sorts of things. So big shout out to Waffle House on Valentine's Day. They decorate. They have a mater d'. They take reservations, the whole nine yards. Uh, and it is uh, exactly my level of I'm doing this thing, but like not really. So highly recommend the Waffle House for your Valentine's night activities. Uh, thanks so much for all y'all do. And I will talk to you later. Bye. David with the fake fandom. Yes, that was such a wonderful voicemail. Guys, can we all just take a moment of respect? Not only all of the folks that call, but David's voicemail. Just so nice, authentic, and just real. We need more callers like that. Do that. And I love that he's just there, you know, um, you know, supporting his coworker there. We have to support them so we can support ourselves, if you think about it. So you're doing God's work there, David. Um, now, you did do this to yourself, but I know you know that. You're a good guy, so that's your cross. And I know this woman loves it, too, so that's great. Um he does, I, I he does way far. more. I just look at the score yeah. and I'm like, there we go. Because I, I just can't yeah. get bogged down with all the, the trading and all that stuff. At this point, he just needs to get on a fantasy team so he can really buy into it, I guess. I, I, I'm sure it is a slippery slope towards him having a, a true nightmare situation of mm-hmm. having to deal with a fantasy football team. Because mm-hmm. uh, his coworker is going to be like, oh, I know who loves football. David does. You know, and he's going to it's, it's almost like a Seinfeld situation that you've gotten Love yourself it. into. Uh, I, I I literally was crying, laughing out loud the first time I listened to your voicemail, just because of the, the, the situation mm-hmm. that you've tricked, you've got yourself into, and you just seem too nice to get yourself out of. <laughs> Gavin is not that nice. He tells me he doesn't care constantly. I, well, you know, hey, at least I'm talking to you, buddy. At least yeah. I'm oh, at least yeah, I'm googling so the score. Okay, coworker. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not asking for more. I mean, it's I'm our not, team okay. now. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> okay, you know what? If, if whatever it takes for me to get this podcast off the ground, folks. <laughs> okay, you see the hostage situation I'm always in. Now, I do want to also talk about his Waffle House Valentine's Day romance. That sounds sure. absolutely awesome. Uh, what a yeah. great recommendation. A little bit of like an unknown little fun thing to do. You know, besides oh, this, all this, the. Oh, this bespoke little spot called Waffle House. Oh, guys, House. I love this little cafe. It's called Full Waffle secret. House. Le Waffle House. <laughs> Chateau Waffle. It's a Waffle, waffle home. Chateau. Come on, let's be real. <laughs> well, it, it probably should be at this point. No. Well, I, David, I, I love the Waffle House just because, like, that's the level of commitment I'm ready for there. You know, like, mm. you're in and out, what, 25 bucks max at a Waffle House? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Unless you're doing I don't need to be heavy. wined and dined. I don't need a mm-hmm. wine and dine. I need I need hash browns, okay? I'm a machine runs on hash I mean, browns. You're talking to the utilitarian king over here, baby. I, that's uh, that's right up my alley right there. Uh, and also, you know, you also get like, you know, some live entertainment because I've never been in a Waffle House where it's not entertaining. And there's yeah. also a touch tune. So you can also curate your own romantic soundtrack there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. check, check, check. You um, have the app w- on your phone, don't you? The touch tones <laughs> app? Oh, yeah. Touch tunes. Yeah. Yeah. Can't go to uh, nightcaps without it, folks. Now, <laughs> and I love it because it has your frequent plays, and I always forget what my you know favorite songs yeah. are. And I'm like, oh, yes, play this one. Um, <laughs> but now I'm going to be in Charleston with my other producer, Amy, on Valentine's Day night because we're down here ahead of Nikki Haley's launch on Wednesday. So we're yep. going to have a romantic evening, a <laughs> work evening. Maybe we'll go to a Waffle House in Charleston. I don't know. It'll be something, though, because then I'm going to be on the road, folks. I'm going to be gone for a couple days. One thing, Gavin, before we get into your hectic schedule, I just want to point out that last mm-hmm. night, speaking of producer Amy, last mm-hmm. night I cooked Caitlin 
a grilled cheese, of which I've never had one. Mm-hmm. And it looked so good that I texted so you and Amy. Correct. Because it was an immaculate looking, it was absolutely elite. And Amy begrudgingly admitted to me in the hallway that it did look like an amazing grilled cheese. So I just wanted to get that on the record. Gavin, we know you, you're amazing. You <laughs> you have a crazy schedule huck coming up. Uh, these are going to be weird yes. episodes that we're doing in the next few weeks. So lay it out for we all the people. We are time traveling into the future and the past. Mm. So yes, mm. very weird. Mm. Uh, very much I can't believe you didn't eat that grilled cheese. I, I can't imagine that you would make such a beautiful piece of uh sandwich yes just delicacy and then just be like oh this is this is fine i never want to try this ever um (laughs) remarkable but yeah speaking of um white bread and cheese i'm gonna be going to uh, new hampshire and iowa over the coming days to follow governor haley's swing uh her initial swing up to those early voting states so uh big announcement on the 15th on wednesday then Waking up right um, Thursday morning after Charleston and going up to New Hampshire for a few days. Then Sunday through the rest of the week and going to be in Iowa. Because she'll be up there for a couple days. And then so will Senator Tim Scott. So really going to be hitting a a couple birds with one stone there. And this is just part of our commitment, our broader commitment to our 2024 coverage. Obviously, with her being a homegrown candidate, like... Really want to get that initial swing video. Really want to get uh, reactions, talk to folks, really get a good understanding about those early voting states. Because we typically focus just on South Carolina, which obviously is important. Mm -hmm. But now um, we're going to broaden our focus a little bit to those early voting states. I'm not going to be there every other week by any means. Maybe like... um, you did buy that condo in total. Iowa, though. You did get I that did condo that in Ames. Condo. I, you know, that was one of the best pieces of advice you've ever given me. And I am not. I mean, the condo fees are one thing, but I'm looking forward to finally staying in it. Gavin is a real real estate shark. Absolute <laughs> shark. Okay? You got to see this guy negotiate. <laughs> I uh, negotiate up. It's 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 a tactic, but it works. Yeah, it works. So, yeah, so this will be 100%. the first swing. Um, it's going to be interesting. I've never been to these states before. We got the hotels. We got the rental car. I'm looking forward to it. So any recommendations, anyone want to say anything, give us a shout. Keep me a little motivated out there in the field. We'll be doing the podcast mm-hmm. regularly. Also, we should note, though, if the, if the Eagles do win, I'm uh, pretty sure we'll be able to do Monday's <laughs> podcast. But um, AT Ooh, yeah, will be I love that you brought that up. I'm glad that you place. brought that up. Yeah, Gavin, I you too. To, it's I in mean, my contract. That's right. You're going to have to go from New Hampshire to Philadelphia, <laughs> yes. hit the parade, then go to Iowa. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I am thankful to say that I will not be connecting in Philadelphia. I'm connecting in Washington on both mm. legs. So I'm like, whew, <laughs> <the> bullet dodged <laughs> there. I guess it wouldn't yeah. matter because it would have died down, but just, you know. No, no, that's incorrect. If we, w- I, I just like to think that mm. Philadelphia is going to burn down one way or the mm-hmm. other. If it's True. a win, burn down. Loss, burn down. So anyway. Enthusiasm. Yeah. Wish wish me luck, okay? Please yes. call. Wish the Eagles luck. Please call in. G- give Gavin some suggestions. We're going to need all our leaders' help yes. for the next few weeks to, to get these shows together because it's going to be a lot for Gavin. And, and old Gabby <laughs> Daddy, he's only got so much juice to give, okay? I know. <laughs> I'm like, I'm thinking about my days. I'm like, I can do it. Like, you know, I'm going to turn stuff for public radio. I'm going to do lead. I'm going to do twist. I'm like, okay. I'll Nightmares. be on Twitter. Like, Nightmares. okay. <laughs> like, I'm not going to have a social life for two weeks, which is, which is fine. I've mentally prepared for a lot of this, but it is happening all right now. And it's happening so we'll be there we'll be giving you guys the latest i don't think anyone else is doing this so we'll be giving you exclusive content that really no other reporter is going to be doing in south carolina so this is exclusive donate this to is ETV exclusive. endowment folks what more do you want from me <laughs> this is what 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 more does it can he give he's only one man 
It's like clapping in the movie Hook when Tinkerbell is having an issue. You got to clap and keep her alive, folks. And that's what we're It's exactly right like that. And on that note, Gavin, <laughs> let's hit these credits. Okay? <laughs> Perfect segue, my man. <laughs> Perfect segue. So have a great weekend. Go, birds. Uh, clap for AT. Keep them keep motivated out there. Let's get the good times going for this man. And be like David. Give us a great shout. 803-563-7169. Tell us what you're up to, what you're doing for Valentine's Day, what I should do in Iowa and New Hampshire and everything else. We'd love to hear from you. And you can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. Just actually have one until you stole it from me. Well, you stole it from me also. You said and bring you it over to my microphone. house. I said, okay. And then stole that microphone from me. Stole the Zoom from me. These Lots of stealing. <laughs> Lots of no, stealing. No, no. These are not stealing. These are necessities. No, 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 no. <laughs> these are necessities. <laughs> I need no, these. no, no, silly. No. no. <laughs>